Hi everyone, welcome back to Love Essie the Podcast. This is episode 37 and this week I'm talking to you guys about book number five in the Guild Hunter series uh, and that would be Archangel's Storm. Yes, Archangel's the Storm, the Storm of the Archangel, yeah. Okay, so this book, I don't actually think I think this is another one I had not reread since the first time I read um, it. I think it's one of those books that, like, I when I started reading the series, I read through and I read it, but I hadn't gone back to it. And um, I don't know why, because it is so good. Um, I mean, it is just, it is such a good book. And Jason and Mejia... Uh, I mean, such, I don't know. I don't have words. I mean, I have words, but I don't know what they are. So eventually I'll get to them and eventually you'll hear them, right? Because like, this is a podcast episode. So if I do not speak, you just hear empty silence and you go, mm, pero por qué? But why? Why is she not speaking? But anyway, yeah, that's what we're talking about this week um as we get serenaded with siren because new york like literally the last two hours i haven't heard a siren but i decided i was gonna record so what happened a siren real well loud for what journal say anyway so i'm gonna talk about it now trying not to spoil it even though it came out in 2012, so it's like eight years old. But it could, you know, but also I understand there are, you know, hundreds of thousands of amazing romance novels and we can't <laughs> have all read all of them. So our two main characters, right? I already said Jason and Mahia. Jason is an angel. He's around, he's just over 700 years old. Um, He's a member of Raphael 7. So he's not just like any regular angel. Um, and I say this because Raphael Seven are is comprised of both vampires and angels who are incredibly smart, driven. These are people that Raphael can count on to make decisions, to lead, to do the things that need to be done to make sure that his territories, both in North America and in the refuge, are stay safe and you know there aren't problems and so they can't just be people who are like yes people right you need people who can make decisions who can think on their feet who can problem solve right without you having to hold their hand every four fucking seconds so jason is you know a member of that but he is also Raphael's spy master right and just like there's a weapons master that would be galen in the refuge there's a spy master and that makes sense information is so critical to making the right decisions no matter what the situation is right the situation might be as basic as you want ice cream right well then you need to know what kind of ice cream flavors the store has the ice cream parlor has you know you need information to decide how much does it cost does it come in cups cones waffle cones other kinds of cones what's the deal how many scoops can you get for a certain price can you take a pint home or to take away or to go or whatever all of this is information that you would then need to make your decision that came from i want ice cream 
I know that that sounds mad, mad, like, basic, but I'm just saying, let's go into the world of the guild hunter. You've got an archangel. He's on, uh, I, I remember, guys, I say cadre. If that's not how you say that word, oh, well. He's on the cadre of 10. He needs to know what other archangels are doing in their territory because that could impact his territory and his people but he can't just go up to like you know Lee Juan and be like yo so do you so so what are you up to because she's gonna be like how dare you come up in my face and ask me questions about what I'm doing in my territory because like when I talk about like these archangels like talk about pride and ego to like you can't even say the 10th degree, the nth degree, like, you know, the infinite, infinite degree, like, talk about wild. So you need to be able to find out the information that you need without, you know, making people upset, finding out information about his mom without, you know, pissing her off, finding out information about Titus or, you know, Stad or all of these are other archangels, along with, like, what's going on within the territories, right? An archangel will rule essentially a continent or, some, you know, an area that, that is about that size. But within, they will place angels to rule within that, you know, enormous territory. And what if some of those angels are being stupid? Or what if you've got a vampire who's leading a territory and he's acting great, great? Like, all of this stuff you need to have someone whose job is like to filter all of this information and let you know jason is going to obviously give any really important information to Raphael as soon as he can where stuff that isn't you know a little less important or is still just a piece of a picture that isn't fully clear he will just hold on to so that's jason right I think another thing that was really interesting, there's all this conversation about wings in the book, in the books, obviously, because angels have wings. And Rafa, uh, Bravo, Jason's wings are completely black, like solid jet black. But he also doesn't really like, sometimes when you think of black, like maybe you're thinking like shiny and like it reflects and it's more like his wings, like almost like they suck in the light. And he is able to do things with shadows. That is really interesting. And I think one of the things that at least for me becomes really clear in this book that I had sort of noticed in the other books, but really stands out is that archangels obviously are a power and have powers. Regular angels can have powers too right regular angels are not on an archangel level of power but that does not mean that they are just you know like they just fly like he is able to do stuff with shadows and with black lightning mahia is able to do something with light that we get to see so there are you know there's differing levels of strength and of power and there's probably angels that are weaker in terms of power um regardless of age and because I think it's not just about an age thing. It also depends on who are the two people who made you, right? If the two angels that made you were both powers in their own right, which is one of the things that is really interesting about Raphael, his parents were both archangels. So it was two archangels. So two of the most powerful beings on the planet made him. So clearly his potential for power is enormous, right? Anyway backtrack our other character mejia is also an angel but she i want to i believe she's around 300 
years old or three and change. Um, and she is um, Neha. Is it Neha or Niha? It's only one E. I'm saying Neha. If it's not Neha, sorry. Um, she is Neha's niece. Here's where it gets a little bit sticky, though. Her dad uh, was also Neha's consort. And you're going, what? Yeah, so her dad was supposed to be with her aunt, but he's her dad. And her mom, for her to be Neha's niece, that means that her mom was Neha's sister. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit of a a triangle there, yeah. A bit of a just a, a, a teensy little bit of a triangle. Two sisters, one man. <laughs> oh, bad. So, um, and she is... We meet her and we get an impression that she's, you know, like, just a princess in his court. And as the book goes on, it's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's, it's, mm, hold up. That is more to this princess than meets the eye, which I think is really cool because Jason is a spy master. What does he look for? Secrets and information. And what does Mahia have? Secrets. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we've got these two characters. Um, now that I think about it, well, I, I've mentioned in other episodes about this series. This series operates a bit differently than some other um, romance um, novel series in that we didn't get a different couple for each book like we do in Nalini's Guild Hunter in Nalini's Side Changeling series right Nalini's Side Changeling is like we start with one couple the book two is a different couple book three is you know and so on and so forth and we do get obviously scenes with characters we've met before but they aren't the central core of a book that's not what she does with Guild Hunter the first three books of this series are about Raphael and Elena, right? So we focus on them and we're meeting the people in their lives um, as, you know, we go along. But in those first three books, we are with them. We are seeing their love grow and evolve and change and seeing, you know, the um, compromises that need to be made, the adjustments that need to be made and what that really looks like. Well, and and then when we get to book four, we do then sort of step back from Raphael and Elena and we go and we're with Dimitri and Honor. So now we're in book five and we go from Dimitri and Honor to Jason and Mejia. And what I think is really interesting is that by the time we get to book five, I was curious about Jason, but I feel like we had seen references to, for example, Ilium and venom so much more that you might have thought oh one of those two is going to be the next book so the fact that it is jason who we've you know seen glimpses of but being the spy master that he is we barely see him and with a character we've never even seen before which also i think does happen also with dimitri and honor we you know i don't believe we meet honor on the page until her book um whereas we've met Dimitri from the very beginning so all of a sudden so it's like Raphael Elena for a while then we go to Dimitri and Honor now we're at Jason and Mejia now what I think is beautifully done beautifully done oh and I said that all because the first three books it's like 
angel or archangel mortal and then archangel with the brand new angel um which is like a whole thing because that doesn't happen and then we get to dimitri and honor with vampire mortal um and now we've got a book where it's two angels and like two angels that like were born angels and you know no one like there was no kiss of ambrosia and then you became an angel no both born as as angels so it's a different look at this world we're seeing this world obviously from that viewpoint of the world like these two angels doesn't mean that like we you know we still see other viewpoints um the book starts with dimitri and honor's wedding sorry if that's a spoiler it's literally the first page like if you picked it up in a bookstore which do we do that anymore or you know click to read the sample it's literally the first page so i'm not even gonna feel about bad about that so we see glimpses of Dimitri and Honor throughout this book. We see very brief glimpses of Raphael and Elena in this book. And we are, by following the, sorry, I had a sort of brain moment. Um, the world is being expanded to us or we're seeing more of the world based on the characters that we're sort of with in each book. So because we're both with Jason and Mejia, right, and Jason has gone to Neha's territory, that's how he meets Mejia, we're now seeing all of that world through their eyes. And so we're learning about, you know, angel kind and more, we're getting more information about angel politics, all, all those things that we wouldn't have really seen if we were focusing on Rafa and Elena, maybe because their whole journey and trajectory is, is, is different, right? Every couple is different. It has to do, there are so many factors. So I think what is, um, one thing I think Nalini does really well is that you get to see the world grow. The world building grows as you are introduced to your characters and as their relationships grow and intermingle. Um, and so it doesn't feel, at least to me, it doesn't feel overwhelming. Like I'm like, oh my God, but how will I? It's more like, oh cool. Like I'm seeing this, these things happen because it's happening to these characters. If I wasn't with these characters, I wouldn't be seeing this happening because like I would be with other characters and I would be seeing what's happening with them wherever they are right so i think that, that is something that if you, uh, i guess I, I mean i don't know if it's a tip but if you are interested in writing books that are series and you're worried about world building really consider you know um having it be driven by the character in that when you're showing parts of the world to your reader it's because the character is seeing that part of the world, going to that part of the world, experiencing that part of the world, being in that part of the world, regardless of what that world looks like, whether it looks like, you know, literal earth that we live on today, or it's, you know, planet 3x5, 17.8 light years away. Um, think of it like that, because I think where things can get a little bit muddy is if you're showing me a part of the world but it has nothing to do with the character, so I don't know how to tie it in. Then it's just information that I have, but I may not be able to put it together and be like, oh, I was shown that at that point because it made sense for this. I was like, I don't even know why. Why are we here? 
why are you showing me this? I didn't, I didn't care, right? So that's just like, I think, something to really consider. Um, but the other thing that I'm going to talk about, I'm going to go more into detail when I'm in the spoiler section, but I want to mention it now is one of the things I'm realizing, I'm in book five and a theme, I mean, Nalini, if you've ever watched any interviews that she's done, um, she talks about, you know, found family and writing about families and writing about relationships. I also think that in this series, um, we are being shown because we've now, we're, we've now met four characters who have very, very complicated relationships with their mothers. Um, and so mothers, motherhood, what that means, right? And also the loss of childhood, the loss of the innocence of childhood, um, is something that is really looked at in this, I want to say in this series, or you might be like, it was in the other one, but it really, really stands out for me in this one in a way that I, I feel like if I go back and I reread Sad Changeling, I'll be like, oh, I can pick out the places where, but in this one, I'm like, whoa, and you might be like, we've met, Yes, we're, we have been introduced to four characters whose relationships with their mother um, define who they are as adults, both for the good and the bad and, you know, the ugly, right? Um, and this concept of, like, losing your mother, right, um, relatively young, and what that then means for a character as an adult, um, is touched on and I think it's really interesting because right this is it's romance right we get happily ever after is all that John but a lot of the times sorry I'm taking a, a bit of a crazy leap but when I think about like contemporary romance right romance that's set in today with today's problems someone is honking high um we're looking at we talk about like the baggage that people have, the trauma that people have, the you know the the issues that people bring into new relationships, and you know your relationship with your mother, whether it is a fantastic relationship, it's a mediocre relationship, it's a terrible relationship, it's a non-existent relationship, molds you, shapes you, and it will impact all of the relationships you make throughout your life, whether or not you want that to be the case, right? Of course, if you know that you have to deal with that and you go and you do the work and you get the therapy, you know, you're able to then know how to deal and handle and cope when, you know, things that could trigger, you know, certain feelings come up. Now, this is a paranormal, right? No one's talking about going to therapy. There is no mention of it. Um, But I think it's really interesting to see this, to see that relationship or lack thereof um, in fiction and what that means. Um, I think I remember briefly always having this weird thought of like why is it always like in like coming of age books it's like children whose parents are gone or dead or you know losing of 
the the mother or father role and like and there are times when I've been like I want a romance where like you have both your parents are alive and well and everyone's happy like you know and they're they exist don't you know (laughs) I don't want anyone to be like Esther really where have you been the here are the list (laughs) the lists are so long we had to you know write 78,000 scroll pages um to get all of them no they exist but there are times when um I've been like put off by the loss of a parent I also think that that happens when I don't feel like it's been handled well um in this case I think that because it's a paranormal right and we're talking about angels and vampires and mortals and people who are nearly immortal and people who are basically immortal and all of these different things that i don't you know we don't as far as i know have in real life of course if you're like actually is that is the other day i was walking down the street and i saw an angel and it floated on by and he had beautiful wings or she had beautiful wings or they had beautiful wings i'm not like so so where's that at so i can come visit maybe um if we ever travel again um <laughs> so because it's not real life um i do i don't necessarily have as much of a like why they mother did again and i think the other thing is i feel like nalini is showing us that like in all of our relationships right whether it's with our parents who are alive our parents who are gone you know, our intimate relationships with our partners, our, you know, intimate relationships with our closest friends, our relationships with people who are becoming our closest friends. Um, none of us are perfect. None of these characters are perfect. All of them have flaws, right? And some of the flaws all stem from the same kind of issue, right? In this case, loss of a mother. And what does that look like how does that manifest itself some people are going to be so angry some people are going to be so bitter some people are going to be so afraid to connect with anyone ever again that they will close themselves off from everything some people will want to shower everyone in their path with love their capacity to love will be so enormous that everyone they will want to just love where there'll be other people but like <laughs> love girl no don't know her don't talk to her nah bye see ya right and in between so i really really do appreciate that and definitely had me thinking about it you know like i got to the end and i was like oh my goodness and like obviously i'm biased guys i love nalini saying i am like in awe of her talent i think that she writes books that are just so so good so i'm obviously biased but like at the same time i'm not wrong the books are that good and if you're reading them you can see and if you're not reading them i mean i have it is possible that you'll read a few nolinis and actually not like them right because we don't all like everything right there's um i i have that happening right now there is a historical romance author that a lot of people mention on my timeline and i'm like oh my god she's so great i'm like ooh, read one of her books i wanted to call my eyeballs out and don't really want to read another actually no i also read a short story 
or not a short story. I read, um, she had like a, yeah, I guess it'd be a short story or a novella length in an anthology and was like, oh, so this is the second thing I've read by you and I still don't like it. Um, so I get it. There are, not everyone's going to love Nalini Singh. There is a part of me that wants to be like, because you are not thinking right. But then I'm like, Esther, that's not how this works. <laughs> Everyone is all entitled to their opinion. But all I'm saying is I am a stan. And I think that she is a brilliant writer. And I really, really, really appreciate the way that she tackles relationships not just intimate ones, but all of the kinds of relationships that we're going to you know, have throughout our life in her books. All right, I'm going to, you know, it pause here and then I'm going to come back. And when I come back, it's going to be like spoiler central. So if you're like, oh my God, spoilers, I can't wait. I'm excited because you either read the book or you actually really enjoy hearing about spoilers before you read a book then like the next part's for you if you're like oh my god i haven't read the book and spoilers are literally the worst you are going to want to uh, pause and go skip to the end or i'm going to talk about doing like one of those like social media bingo things for a romance that i've like may have attempted once before but like this time i'm really really gonna try um as opposed to you know before anyway i pause here Alright, I'm back, and it's time for spoilers for Archangel's Storm. That's right, spoilers, spoilers for Archangel's Storm. So, as I was talking um, before a post, um, we've got these two characters, Jason, Mejia, and they're both angels. I mean, Jason's older, but because this is paranormal, they're, you know, it's not an age gap for romance, even though they've got around 400 years between the two, between each of them. Like, he's around 700, she's around the 300. But, like, when you're an immortal and are gonna, like, live a millennia, perhaps, what is, you know, a few hundred years? Um, so they meet, be- so they meet because Jason has to go, Jason goes to Neha's territory because Neha's concert heiress has been killed. And Jason is going to help find who that is. And to make sure that he's not just there to steal secrets for Raphael, he has to um, do a blood vow to, you know, her bloodline, Neha's bloodline. And since Mejia is a direct descendant, the blood vow is to her and she has to make sure that he isn't keeping anything that that he isn't stealing secrets and isn't keeping anything from Neha regarding Eris's uh, murder. So it is, you know, we've met Jason before. By the time we get to this book, we've never met Mahia. We've met Neha, right? And Neha's daughter was killed in book three, I believe is when um, Anushka is killed because she thought that she could rise to power by just, I don't know, killing indiscriminately or whatever. And she does like terrorize a child in the refuge, an, a, an angel child. And that is like their race's biggest taboo because it's really hard for angels to have babies. Um, so like they exist, but it's not like people are just, it's not like they're like rabbits and it's just like they're popping them out. Like, you know, 
like, ooh, I touched her and she was pregnant, you know, I sat on his lap and <laughs> my belly was full, like, none of this happening, it's more like, we were, you know, fucking for a few hundred years, I'm finally, finally, 400 years in, got a kid, again, immortals, maybe that's not that long, but still, I mean, damn, and there's no talk of IVF, I don't think, that I recall, so, we know that Neha is, you know, not happy with Raphael, because Raphael and Elena are instrumental in the death of her daughter, I mean, her daughter was trash, it's not their fault that they, you know, kind of were like, your daughter being terrible, um, and going after Elena, but homegirl ends up dead, and, you know, Neha's kind of, like, upset, so Jason shows up, and doesn't, okay, this might, is also gonna seem like a crazy leap, there was, um, I believe it was a Carrie library, did a, a virtual event with, um, Amanda Boucher, Nalini Singh, and the husband and wife duo who write as Ilona Andrews. Um, and I didn't realize because I'm slow, but the f- I have I'd seen I have seen Amanda Boucher in person because when yes I'm telling you guys the story again because I'm a weirdo. When I flew to Paris in 2018 for the like romance festival that they were having in Paris, she was on the panel with Nalini Singh. And you might be like, you flew to Paris? Yes, because Nalina Singh lives in New Zealand. She wasn't coming stateside. And, or she, no, was she not? No, I think she was coming stateside, but she was going to the RWA conference. And that year was going to be in San Diego. And it was actually going to be cheaper for me living in New York City to fly all the way to Paris to see her. Because the tickets to the, like, the romance festival in Paris were like 45, no, like 50 euros. So that was going to be cheaper than trying to go to RWA and then get, you know, a non-RWA member, you know, ticket to the conference. So, yes, that anyway. So I bring that up because Ilona Andrews said, I think someone had asked a question of like, you know, something, something strong heroines. And she said that she didn't like that question. Right. She was like, why do people like sort of like, why are people asking, you know, like, oh, like, like, what else am I supposed to write? Like, we like dumb hair like what and i think it's a really i've ruminated on that because on one hand i'm like yeah we do or not we sorry not the royal we i feel like sometimes this fixation on the strong heroine it's because there may be books um that had heroines that kind of let life happened to them and I've definitely read books where I've been frustrated that like the heroine is just like not doesn't have agency or maybe has it but isn't using it in the book and so but at the same time if we talk about oh I love a strong heroine I love a strong heroine are we talking about like physical strength like she could lift a car are we talking about emotional strength You know, she was able to, like, open up her heart to everyone. Like, what do we mean when we say strong heroine? And to bring it all back, it's because in this book specifically, when Jason meets Mejia, he thinks she's just a regular princess of Neha's court. As he's paying attention 
as he does because he's a spy master he's like hmm something's up with this girl but he has moments where he thinks oh she you know because the way that she acts with neha she very much is i want to say kind of subservient and he's like neha um oh my god what was the word it was on the tip of my tongue oh what is it what is it that you say when Neha admires strength? There we go. It's like, what's with the word? It like ran away, but then it came back. It's like Neha admires strength, and she's kind of like, admires strength in those she expects to be strong or in those she already deems as strong. But in those not, no. Strength will just get you killed or tortured or both. And he's kind of like, mm, and she's kind of like, I mean, I've been I've been up in here being you know treated like trash by this woman all my life I think I would know and it made me think because um so I guess to give it some context if you haven't read the books but are are cool with spoilers Neha's father or no Neha's consort so you know husband mate whatever Eris has an affair with Neha's twin sister Nivriti and Nivriti has a daughter that is Mahia right when he is a child she is treated you know as all angel children are treated she's treated well she goes to the refuge when she comes back to the territory at 100 which i guess that's when they are like and now you're an adult what we would you know say to an 18 year old that is when neha starts to be really cruel eris himself says you know like he wishes that he could have strangled her mahia because he feels that if Mahia weren't alive or did not exist to remind Neha every day of his trespass, of his betrayal, then maybe he... Because here's what happens. He is basically in prison for 300 years. Um, Mahia's whole existence. Because she's so... Neha is so angry. Which, I mean, you have, you fall in love with a man... And then he ends up cheating on you when you're an archangel, right? Because she falls in love with him not before she believes she's already an archangel or well on her way to being one when her and Eris get together. So you fall in love with this man and then he cheats on you, which is horrifying, with your twin sister. Excuse me? Skirt, skirt, what, what? I mean, don't get me wrong. Watch soap operas, you know, for formative years of my life. So I know that it exists. I know that these things happen, but good God. So, and here's the thing. He has blue eyes. Mejia has, like, tawny, they said, like, golden eyes. But those are the exact same eyes as his father, Mejia's grandfather. So, it's like, ooh. So, like, and, like, Nivriti's eyes are not that color either. So, clearly, you know, genetics. So, it's, it's, so she has had to grow up in a place where she's not wanted by her father, She's not wanted by her aunt and she doesn't have a mother because her mother died. You know, the story she's told is that she was literally torn out of her mother's womb and her mother was left to die. Many people would be angry, bitter, resentful, hateful individuals with that kind of a backstory. I mean, he is not. Mahia is full of love. Mahia has compassion, has empathy. That is strength. To be in an environment that is constantly trying to literally 
and figuratively crush you and to survive with your spirit intact, that is strength. Does that mean she can lift like a motherfucking, you know, 50 pound, I was going to say 50 pound car and then I realized cars weigh a little bit more than 15 pounds or five zero, a five ton car, whatever, you know what I mean? No, she doesn't have that level of strength, but is that the only strength that we are talking about when we say strong heroine? Or is it the heroine that's like, because if we compare her with Elena, right? Elena's a guilt hunter. Elena's out there chasing, you know, chasing down vampires who run away from their contracts. I mean, she was able to chase down an, an archangel who had gone mad. She is, you know, seen as strong. She goes toe to toe with another archangel, Raphael. So we're just like, yes, strong. But just because Mejia isn't doing that doesn't mean she isn't strong. And so it, I just remember thinking, like, yeah, what do we mean when we say strength in a heroine? Um, and should we be using other words or just not referring to heroines as strong? Because what do we really mean when we say that? Now, if I th- leave the paranormal world or whatever, just this series, and I think of some contemporary books. But I think every time that we have characters that are able to grow and be more than what they were when we started that that growth is a form of strength because you can choose like you can know that you need to grow and change it just not and isn't that like like what does that mean anyway that was a thought the other thing I mentioned when I was uh, in the non-spoiler part was the fact that um mothers as a theme um and both mothers as a theme and childhood tragedy, right? And you're probably like, wait, what? So in this case, both Mejia and Jason do not have mothers. Lost their mothers. Jason's mother was killed by his father. Um, his father, from the sounds of it, I don't believe this man was an abusive man. I believe that um, something happened Potentially, he got sick, a disease, a tumor that changed him and turned him into a crazy, you know, jealous, abusive man. Or maybe we don't know all the details because we also only know the story from Jason's point of view. And that is point of view of a child. We will never have the complete context because the two adults in the situation are gone. So Jason's father kills his mother. And then kills himself. And Jason is then left with the bodies of his two parents on a small, tiny island in the Pacific alone. Right? When we meet Jason, this island doesn't even exist anymore because a volcano basically, like, washed it away kind of thing. But this is an angel who grew to adulthood in complete utter solitude no other people humans mortals angels vampires no one him and water and sand and trees right then we've got Mejia she is living in a palace with her aunt her Anushka wouldn't have been her cousin because they had the same dad her half-sister there we go 
Um, so she doesn't grow up, you know, devoid of human contact. But she was, you know, quote unquote, ripped from her mother's womb, never had a mother. And as soon as she's an adult, Neha treats her as, you know, a target, as a whipping post. So, and she knows or understands growing up that she isn't being treated in the way that you would expect someone who is loved to be treated. So we've got these two characters who've had pretty shitty childhoods. um, And they're adults now. Um, What is that? How do they then navigate that, right? For Jason, it is a complete, utter inability when we start the book to connect with anyone on an emotional level he doesn't connect with anyone he is loyal that is probably the most connection he has at that level with anyone he is loyal to Raphael in the seven but he does not believe that he he is even capable of loving anyone or anything um and just doesn't see it for himself uh Mickey wants to just be free to live a life where she may find someone to love but she knows that she has to get out um to be able to do that and so we've got these two characters but when i say motherhood as a theme it's because we also when we look at rafael and elena are two other characters who both lost their mothers elena came home to find her mother had committed suicide Raphael's mother left him in a field broken and I mean literally broken like he could not get up his blood was all over the place he literally had to lay there until his body could knit itself back together and because he wasn't because he was so young it took you know a lot of time and not like days and weeks I feel like months for him to be able to move and then she went to sleep. And when a archangels or angels of that power go to sleep, there is no guarantee that they'll ever wake up. So I bring that up because Navriti, nay, um, Mahia's mother, isn't actually dead. That was a story that she was told. Which once you think about it, it's like, would Neha really have killed her twin sister but not Eris, the consort? The man who actually betrayed her? That's kind of you. You might be like, well, yeah, but like, your own flesh and blood, and not this bastard. So no, she doesn't kill her sister. She imprisons her sister. In you know, literally the bowels of one of the palaces near where they all live, but she doesn't kill her. So for Helena and and Jason, who had to, as children, see their mother's bodies. There is no... There is no potential for any kind of a relationship with their mother. Because their mothers are gone. You know, this is a paranormal, but no one's coming back from the dead. Um, in, the, in these two scenarios. For Raphael and Mejia, though... They actually do get another chance with their mothers. Callianne has woken from her sleep. And Raphael 
is waiting to see if she's going to be as insane as she was when she went to sleep, but is holding off on doing anything to her because she's his mother. So if she's not insane, he has a second chance with her. But he, his mother, Nefriti, is alive. She can't live with her mother because her mother thinks that she's a kid and she's like, nah, I'm 300. So no longer can and I've had to live through a lot of things. But she gets another another chance. And there's um there's a sentence that really struck me because it says if the world suddenly changed and she stood in front of me, I would run into her arms just like that little boy. And that is to me stuck out for many reasons, right? For both Elena and Jason, that chance will never come. Their mothers are gone. Gone for always. For Rafael and Mejia, though, there is that second chance. Whether or not that second chance ends up being just as painful, just as hard as the first one, we don't yet know but there is that option that opportunity and so we're being shown right um how losing your mother can shape you how losing you know that relationship can you know create so many issues um another thing that i think is really really sort of looked at is trust How do you trust um, falling in love with someone when, you know, such an important integral relationship like the one between a mother and child was broken? In Raphael's case, his own mother, you know, broke him. And broke him, and not just that, his own mother had to kill his father because his father became insane. And then he tried to stop his mother from destroying others because she was going insane and he wasn't able to stop any of that how do you how do you then build a relationship when those foundations have been broken in that way how does elena build relationships with rafael and with the people in her life when you know her own mother is gone and the trust that was broken as you know there are so many levels to it right one of the, I had said, when you first start reading the series, you, I at least hated Elena's father. I could not stand Jeffrey Devereaux. Um, but as you read the books and you get to know more about Jeffrey, you start to be like, oh, there are so many layers to this. So trust is obviously so important because relationships are not going to exist without it. But what does it then mean when such a fundamental relationship for the growth and development of a child is completely shattered right what is that like how do you move through the world with that how do you connect how do you grow how do you change how do you come together with someone else and i think you know looking at those kinds of themes within this series um is really really interesting because I mean, you know, Dimitri and Honor, we don't talk, Dimitri and Honor, there is no mention of their parents, because Dimitri and Honor's lives don't change until they're fully grown adults who are married and have two kids together, 
And technically, it's Demetri and Ingrid, right? Honor is Ingrid today. But she's a, she's, Honor is the woman of today with the memories of the woman of yesterday who was Ingrid. So their sort of childhoods and growing up with their mothers and fathers, that was never impacted. What is impacted is the fact that they lose their children, that their children are taken from them. That is a very different dynamic. Right, that is different from being a child and losing your parent to being a parent and losing your child. And I think that seeing all of that in the books is—I mean, a can make you think about your own relationships with your parents, whether your parents are alive, whether you are an orphan, whether you were orphaned at a young age or you're in your 50s but both your parents have passed and now you are an orphan because I think we also don't often talk about like what is it like when you're 52 and your mother and father have passed right you're you're an orphan yes you're a fully grown adult you might have kids of your own but your parents are gone that tie that relationship that foundation is gone and yes you know one hopes that everything was wonderful but I, I I feel like we don't talk about it in the same way like obviously we talk about being orphaned when we're young but we don't talk about it when we're older and I because in this world people can be so old right and when I say people I really mean the angels and the vampires then what is it like to know that your parents are gone or or what does that look like what does that mean um and so this this book and okay this is a whole other sorry guys you're just following along for the bread jason as a character i feel like jason's backstory is so so sad jason is not a level of asshole that we sometimes see in other male characters that have the same sort of horrific sort of backstory. And I, you know, I think in the sense that it does, he has a few moments with Mejia where I'm like, you're being a dick. I don't know how to feel about this, but they're very brief. And I think that And I wonder if part of that is because Jason removes himself from all emotion. So he, he doesn't, he doesn't connect with anyone. So there is no reason to be cruel to people because he doesn't even, like, that doesn't even factor because he doesn't even connect to people for any, on any level other than, you know, basic loyalty. And I've got, you know, I would read and, you know, Nalini does this thing where we we know at the beginning of the book as we get flashbacks, right? As Jason gets flashbacks of what happened in the past, that whatever happened was bad, right? And then when we finally get the whole thing, it's like, dear God, what? Right? And it's also like very, I mean, we, we don't get his whole story midpoint of the book. We get it two thirds in and then it's like, Oh, okay. Um, all right. Um, the amount of onions that someone just cut in this room is ridiculous because I'm sobbing. Um, and so it, 
it is really i really appreciated that he was so remote in his emotions because it makes sense right the idea that you are alone for a few you know for not like 5 10 15 years but you know many many decades because he is alone until he is strong enough to be able to fly to the refuge that is a very long time because he is 10 when he loses his parents and if neha flew back from the refuge at 100 to not neha sorry if mahia flew back to neha's territory at 100 and he was 10 we're talking 90 years at least to be strong enough to fly those kinds of distances 90 years of utter solitude i can't fathom that a because angels but b i cannot fathom that i mean as we've all had to deal with isolation and the throughout this pandemic you know and for people who live alone we've only had months of it 90 years i could not imagine and the individuals who survive that how do they survive do they survive intact do they survive insane do they survive on the borderline what does that look like and i feel like we do get to see that in how jason is um now jason and mejia together to me were a really good pairing because she wasn't someone who was like she understood that she couldn't just demand of him because that wouldn't work with him and he was able to understand that she had done what she needed to do to survive and if that meant being subservient at times and not being you know quote-unquote as strong in appearance so that didn't sort of take away from you know who she who she was and how what is the word i don't know but he understood like and so the two of them oh this was the other thing because both of them have no one right i mean she now has her mother but her mother doesn't see her as an adult because her mother obviously has just the image of the babe the baby that was taken from her she has no idea what this grown woman is about and then jason has no one there is such a deep deep need within each of them to belong to someone to have someone to call their own and i thought it was beautiful that they're able to fill that need with each other right that they're able to be two people together who can fill the you know because her need to you know love someone fills his need to be loved and vice versa and that for me i think you know 
those two characters wouldn't have worked with other people who might have needed, you know, who wouldn't have appreciated that. They both appreciate that in each other. They don't see it as a detriment. They don't see it as a problem. They see that as something that is wonderful for both of them. So I really, really love that. And then there's one last sentence that I really, like, I thought was funny. Um, Elena says it, and she she's talking to me here. And she goes, it's for, she's talking about a specific club. And she goes, it's for those of us who are insane enough to fall in love with seriously badass men. More sensible women would run from screaming. <laughs> and I think it's really interesting. Uh, and she's saying, like, her... Mahia and Honor are part of that club because the three of them have fallen for men who aren't when we talk about power you know they are power and to hold your sense of self and be the, you know a partner to that person not be subsumed by that not be consumed by them not turn into you know a a shell of a person to be with them but to be a partner to work together to have you know I don't know if equality is the right word because there are power imbalances whether one of you is a mortal who just became an immortal or the other one of you is a mortal who's about to become a vampire you know we, we're talking about Raphael's you know over a thousand years old or is he five thousand years old ten thousand something along those lines something crazy dimitri is a thousand years old jason is 700 years old elena was like 29 or 27 and then became a you know an angel so she you know she 30 basically <laughs> on her same same seas mahia 300 which might as well be like 25 in angel time so it's like these aren't you know necessarily like they aren't like the oldest of women but it isn't about that right it isn't about age it's about two people making the decision to be together and then figuring out how that works and so i really i i loved this book so much it is definitely one that i want to reread um in the future there's just a lot of there's tenderness between jason and mejia which I really, really, really liked. And then the glimpses we see of Demetri and Honor is just like heart melting. Heart melting. Because Demetri is showing us, you know, a side of himself only Honor will ever see. Right? And any children they may have. He is showing, you know, a, a piece of himself that no one has probably ever seen since Ingrid. And no one will see again after. Because they will go, you know, off into the night together. And so it it was, I really, really enjoyed this book. It has me so pumped. Like, reading these five has me so pumped to read the rest before Archangel Sun comes out November 24th, 2020, y'all. Get that pre-order. Get that pre-order. You know you will want it. I know I want it. I am, like, dying for that book. Because that's going to be Titus and the Hummingbird. And that, we will get to see, you know, a heroine who didn't become, a, a, isn't a baby vampire or baby angel, right? The Hummingbird is, 
is 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 old in terms of you know if we're counting in mortal times and titus i'm very excited for that um as you can tell uh so yeah i really 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 enjoyed this book and what all of that what mother mothering motherhood mother child connection is shown in this book and i think throughout the series um i'm very excited you know like i said to read the next book and to just look at it from that viewpoint to really look at these books and think of these kinds of themes like family sound family you know trust mothers our relationships with them i mean none of us have you know archangel mothers vampire mothers you know we we're all human um and some of us have really great relationships with our mothers some of us have mediocre relationships with our mothers and some of us do not have relationships with our you know mothers some of us have multiple mothers we have our biological mother and our adopted mother or stepmother or foster mother some of us only have one mother again some of us do not have any some of us are mothers to our own biological children to foster children to stepchildren to you know god children you know god sons and god daughters um to our nieces and our nephews um and thinking of mothering and all of that and what we're seeing in these books really just like i said it struck a chord with me and really had me be like hmm this is very interesting so yeah if you have read the book and have thoughts um i'm on twitter tell me about it if you haven't read the book i mean i'm not sure what you're waiting for if you have a smartphone please download you know a library app and borrow that book from the library um or you know buy it from either apple books amazon google you know whatever you can just go to lini's website click on it and there'll be buy links like read this book I, it's so so well done and jason i think is a really wonderful wonderful character and I feel like, like I didn't get to the end of the book and think, hmm, I don't know if they work together. Like I got to the end of the book and was like, yo, yo, this made so much sense. Thank you. Thank you. So, so yeah. All right. So I'm going to pause here. I'm going to quickly talk about um, a fall romance bingo uh, that I'm doing on Twitter. Okay. Okay. All right, so the last thing I wanted to talk about um, today with y'all is, um, so on the Twitters and on the Instagrams, uh, there is a fall bingo board similar to the one that the Robotist does for the summertime, and this one was put together by Danny and Jen. Danny is uh, at Danny's book underscore at Danny's underscore bookshelf on Twitter and I believe also on Instagram and Jen is at JQ17 on Twitter and at Fire Whiskey Reader on Instagram and so basically I've seen people do these before and like I said I think I attempted to do one once um so basically you look at the bingo card right and then 
you are going to basically make a list of books that would coincide with these prompts on the bingo card. So we've got Makes You Hungry, Pining, Black Love, Non-Regency Historical, Set in Another World, Somewhere You've Never Been, A Hockey Romance, Older Heroine, Librarian, Bookseller, Main Character, Banter, New to You Author, Royalty, Happily Ever After, and I see Rainbow Hearts, um, so any kind of Happily Ever After, series following a big family crafts or puzzles a beautiful outfit grumpy and sunshine a stem heroine twitter recommendation rainy a punny title and the illustration is like you turn me on with a little light switch a quintessential fall activity pet or pets plus size heroine on the cover and romance author writing in a different genre and the whole point is to do it for the fall, right? So the on fire whiskey readers Instagram, she says, we hope you play along with us from September 1st to November 30th. We want to encourage you to fill these squares with diverse titles, especially in celebration of Latinx Heritage Month, which is September 15th through October 15th and Native American Heritage Month, which is November 11th through November 30th or wow, November 11th, November 1st through November 30th. I saw the 11 and got confused because I'm dumb. Um, And so I was like, oh, cool. I really do want to do this. And it's really funny because when I saw the bingo card, I immediately had two books in mind for banter and makes you hungry. So I'm doing a Twitter thread of these, and it's pinned to my profile of the books that I hope like that I'm going to be like, I read this and it goes with this like thing. And I'm going to try to do the same on Twitter on Twitter, on instagram but i think on instagram i'm i'm gonna attempt you know um to do it as stories and it'll either be me talking or like i post something with my voice or whatever um and then i'll save it as a highlight so that you can always like then get the book racks off of that later um but yeah for banter um i actually tweeted about it today because it was so 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 good. like i am I'm not done. I'm almost like, I, I think I'm at like 90%. But Tiffany Rice's Her Naughty Holiday, which is a Harlequin Blaze title. And it's part of the Men at Work series is three books. Oh my God. The banter, the sarcasm. I love everything about it. Our two main characters, Clover and Eric, love them. Lo- Listen, I was like, yo, this is this this is impressive i now obviously have to read the other two books in my network which is fine um because why not but it is so good for banter i was like because it's like it isn't even like there are moments of banter it's like all through the book and it is so good i i really really enjoy that so that that's the banter one um so yeah definitely if you've ever thought of doing one of these you know definitely join in we've got time right it's between now and november 30th because some of the when they do the month ones i i do tend to feel very pressured like what if i end up reading three books this month and there's like i don't know how many squares are in a bingo square Ooh, let me count one two three four five one two three four five across that's 15 squares i don't always read 15 books in one month but 15 books in three months that's really only five books a month 
I can do that. I can do that. That is pussy bull. Um, so yeah, I think that's really cool. So in the show notes, I will probably post, um, eh, what will I post? I mean, I guess if you just click on my Twitter or my Instagram, you'll then see it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that works. Um, and yeah, I think that's it for this week. I'm not totally sure what next week is going to be. Because, I mean, I'm on book five. Right, we just finished up book five. So we don't have, like, a ton of books left. But November is still... Well, November 24th is not that far away. So maybe... I don't know. We might be... I might be doing, you know, book six next week. But I might not be. So since I don't want y'all to be like, Biddle, you said... And then I'm like, well, actually... Um, nah, I, I don't just check back, you know, just, just check back. The likelihood is, I, cause I could also do, you know, just other brand, cause book six, in case you're like, I'm not sure what the next book is, is Archangel's Legion, right? Um, and in that book, we do go back to Raphael and Elena, yeah. Um, so it might be that, it might be, um, a new book that I oh I have an arc that I do kind of want to talk a bit about next week okay yeah we'll see you know tune in anyway thank you so much for listening um if you want to rate or review or both the podcast that would be really cool um if you want to chat on the Twitter or the Instagram um my Twitter and Instagram handle will be in the show notes um and I mean, it's September, which is a little like, what? But you know, that's life. Uh, enjoy your week um, that's coming up. <sighs> Weirdly enough, I'm really excited for fall, which has never happened before. Like I've always been like summer has always been my favorite season. And once, you know, Labor Day comes, I'm like, oh, summer is about to be over. That's not the case this year. And I feel like a lot of it has to do with the pandemic and being stuck in the house and, you know, whatever. But I'm I'm excited. Like I bought all these really cool fall planner stickers and like I'm actually using a planner. I have too many undated planners, but that's that's fine. And I bought new pens from Muji because, of course, I did. Um, And I'm using them. And I'm just really excited for fall. So enjoy your week. Eat, you know, a ooh, eat a donut. Yes. Yes. Um, Nick on Twitter did a whole thread of covers with donuts. And you know what? That's what I'm going to go out there and look for myself. I'm going to go find a donut. All right. See y'all next week. Bye.